0: Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 9, Chapter 104: The Serpent Queen's Gambit. Arsenic and Old Grudges, Tony finds herself in a fight on multiple fronts. After a flurry of bad baked goods, the gang trades notes on new dangers.
1: I hate this episode.
0: I it just it's it's icky on a couple different fronts, and I
1: don't like it. It's boring. Number one, which is a problem that the yeah. show has. Yeah. And then on top of it, we've just got all the grossness, you know, which
0: just yeah, sucks. I just, it's, it's, it's not the worst episode, but I, it still felt very much like we're just moving pieces around on the chessboard. But it's like, to what end? And I understand that the actual to what end is to help the bleed between Rivervale and Riverdale. Like, that's the whole point of this episode, like to make it more explicit. It's happening otherwise, but now it's more obvious that it's happening.
1: But if we were going to do that, then why didn't we just do that?
0: <sighs> They've created this new villain, Percival, and there's really, I don't care. I guess. I, I mean, again, we don't know what the final order for episode is. So we don't know where we are in the season. If we have 22, 19 to 22 episodes fully for this season,
1: we got a long way to go. Uh, This better not be twenty-two episodes. I would.
0: It it really needs to stop at sixteen at the most.
1: Sixteen at the most. They're testing our patience with the fucking dealing with their bullshit.
0: They've been doing that for several seasons now.
1: Yeah, but if you're gonna be boring and also icky at the same time, I don't. I don't know that we can do that.
0: It's nothing new, David. Nothing. Uh,
1: Still don't. I still don't know. I still don't know.
0: We start the episode with percival talking to frank and they're like chatting it up and just talking about like oh you know i don't understand this generation and you know it was different from ours back then and archie comes home and is like what are you doing in my house which you know fair and apparently (laughs) percival's doing a town-wide census he's got the council's approval while alice and frank's And uh, he's asking questions like, how long have you lived in Riverdale? What problems are you most concerned with in the neighborhood? And like, those are reasonable questions to ask, but not from this dude.
1: Not in the creepy tone that he's bringing them.
0: No, it should be like, there is technology in Riverdale. It's an online survey. (laughs) I
1: I don't know if there is technology. I don't know how much they've got there.
0: They have iPhones. There's technology. well <laughs> so Archie's just like I want you to leave and he does and Frank is just shocked and Archie's like he's not a good guy and Frank is just like well you've clearly made up your mind against Percival but that's a shame he has a lot of great ideas about how to make Riverdale a better place to live so Frank's been influenced clearly now <sighs> uh, we go over to the Riverdale Cemetery and it's britta and abigail and it's raining and britta's there holding her umbrella and they're at thomasina's grave and it's just extra very extra britta's like hey let's go back to thornhill and i can make you more of that tea and abigail's like as restorative as your tea is it's time to vanquish my enemies and reunite with my thomasina and britta's like um how I shall reincarnate Thomasina's soul into Tony Topaz's body. So gross.
1: All of this is very stupid.
0: <laughs> it is very stupid and just more, it's more Chony retconning and it's awful.
1: It would have been so much more fun if she somehow was trying to get her way back to Tony herself mm-hmm. instead of somehow resurrecting Thomasina. That whole part of it just makes it dumb. Because it was like, what's the point here? Like, this is way more fun if you, 1890s witch, have to figure out how to get 2020s Tony, who has a baby and is in a relationship, mm-hmm. somehow has to be convinced to fall in love with you. That's way more funny.
0: Mm-hmm. There's talk of Slaying Fangs Fogarty, and Brit is like, is Mr. Fogarty the... um. Only enemy you wish to vanquish? No, there are still the three descendants of my assassins. So it's like, again, like this, I mean, we knew this was, you know, coming over from Rivervale. It's just stupid. It's just stupid.
1: I don't think it's that stupid.
0: It's very stupid. I felt like this was ickier than the gang stuff because it's like you're painting her to be this victim and she is not and it's just all stupid.
1: I don't I don't see that at all. I see it as just a dumb curse storyline that works okay. I just think that it's cheapened by the fact of how we end that storyline. That's probably the biggest issue I have.
0: Well, it the entire time we've had the storyline, it's been cheapened by a lot. <laughs> There's no substance. And at least the story in River Vale when we thought we were releasing Abigail's spirit or whatever you kind of like got the sense of like oh you know she's been reunited in the afterlife with her with her love and it was kind of like okay cool fine like this is cheesy and stupid but now it's just like more and it's who cares who cares other than the stuff with Britta which is very entertaining because we have a new person commenting on the craziness that is Abigail Cheryl I don't care. It's a waste of screen time for me.
1: Okay. I would never call it as offensive as the other stuff in this episode,
0: though. It bugs me more, so I find it more offensive.
1: That's fair, but... mm, mm -mm. Uh,
0: We go over to the Pembroke, and Reggie comes in, and Veronica's like, oh, you're in a good mood. And his dad is going to visit the casino. He's doing well, but he kind of lost his mojo. And he tells Veronica that, you know, my dad always wanted to feel like a big shot. And uh, that's what I think is important. I want to make him feel like one. And Veronica's like, "Ah, leave it to me. Uh, Which also really informs Reggie.
1: Charles Melton's doing a great job in this episode.
0: Charles Melton's doing a great job this season because his character's actually been given a lot more to work with in in this future Riverdale. After the time jump, they started using him better. Charles Milton is too good for this show. <laughs> he, he really is. I can't say that about everyone, but he definitely is.
1: It's true. But I again, there was no reveal to why he was being so cagey. But when it is revealed, every bit of acting he does throughout this episode is just like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really good stuff from him. hmm.
0: We hand over to the town council and Percival is reading from his census. It's complete now. And now that the unhoused problem has been dealt with, their main source of anxiety is the ongoing gang warfare between the serpents and the ghoulies. And uh, then, you know, Tony gets called out. Like, what do you want to say about that? Which, you know, she interjects that, you know, there isn't a war. Uh, She's been in constant contact with the Ghoulie's leader in the efforts to de-escalate tension, and I believe we're very close to declaring a ceasefire.
1: (laughs) That does not help your case that you're not at war.
0: Uh, No, I mean, (laughs) it it really doesn't.
1: If you're negotiating ceasefires, that means there is a war going on. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. She's asked, you know, I wonder have you considered disbanding the serpents, to which tabitha who is a very big advocate for tony in this episode usually like i just want to interject miss topaz is not on trial you know your point is noted mr pickens let's move on to the next item on our agenda and so like we just kind of move on and afterwards fangs is talking to tony is just like what the hell was that to which tony says "An ambush." and so then kevin shows up with the baby and just like my prince hi how's my boy doing he's great um and kevin's just like i'm nervous with everything that's going on and they're just like don't be and kevin says i'm got to be honest i'm having second thoughts about baby anthony being raised around gang culture which the use of the term gang culture i find hilarious in this show
1: can i can i kill kevin at this point
0: no you can't kill kevin you can't kill kevin Everything about this sucks. It does. I I don't like the use of the term gang culture, but I under, like if he had just said like around potential violence, because that is legit. Kevin himself has been a serpent essentially and, and engaged in all of the same behaviors. So he's just being very hypocritical. It's just really obnoxious.
1: Well, They made such a great point with the homelessness issue in the last episode, and they tried to balance it. Yes, it was blunt force, but that's kind of that issue. Sure. There is zero thoughtfulness.
0: There's no nuance to this, but also there's been no nuance to how the serpents have been represented other than... Tony's explanation in the very first jump forward episode of like what the serpents are up to they are truck drivers. They're doing this. We're doing this. Like that was the only time where it was like, we like we're what's left holding the town together. But like, and sometimes it's not always on the up and up. Like that's basically how it was. And other than that, they have only ever been depicted as a gang.
1: It's just so stupid because they're clearly trying To deal with a racial issue here. And they're doing it in the worst possible way. It's hard
0: not to view it as a racial issue within this show because there has been little to no nuance in the serpents versus the ghoulies. There just isn't. No. If they had done the like the with the unhoused issue, we actually had a little bit of foundation for that. And this one. I feel like they could have gotten there, but they didn't do the work in establishing what the real conflicts between the ghoulies and the serpents were. Yes, the ghoulies were hired by Hiram, but that's not enough. Hiram is dead. So clearly their payday is gone. So what happens now?
1: Well, it's it's also a racism issue because at this point, the serpents are Tony and Tony is the serpents. That is the furthest they have gone in trying to explain any of this shit.
0: Well it's it's Tony and Fangs. I mean Tony's in charge, but it's Tony and Fangs who are also our, you know, more prominent people of color in the show. They've been they've been with us the longest.
1: But they've they've just used that as a proxy for whatever thing they want to bring up. And it's just like that's not how this works, man.
0: No. And it would have been the way into this I think would have been to bring it up. But like, hey, this is a conflict that's really weighing heavy because Tony's argument later was like, I feel like we need to shed our skin and really like change what we're about. Okay, fine. Because that conversation makes sense. That's a great, like, I get that. But then they they just it's like they they wanted to cram it all into one episode. And this story needed to go over several episodes. It needed to be at least I needed to be the B plot to other things that are happening. So that when it becomes like the actual confrontation or like, that's it. We're not putting up with like Tony's in a gang. We're not going to put up with her while she's doing great things with the serpents, with the community. Like y'all are just stuck on this label and this is awful. And that can take center stage as opposed to what they did here, which is just (laughs)
1: like, it's straight
0: up garbage. It is. That's, that's what it is. And it's just, it's like, it's, it's just bad story writing altogether. Tony, you know, reiterates that both Tony and Fangs were raised as serpents. And this is stuff that Kevin fully knew about. But Kevin's like, I'm just concerned for a safety. Massive eye roll.
1: Because that's not what he said. <laughs> no. I no, hate it.
0: Because <laughs> if he had made it, I'm worried about a safety. Because stuff is like, if he had just said, like, I'm worried about a safety. Stuff is getting heated. And, you know, in Rivervale, they targeted baby Anthony. So now it's happening on this side. So it, it's just interesting. We cut on over to the casino and Veronica is showing Marty Mantle around. Uh, she introduces him to her favorite dealer. You know, have fun and I'll check on you later. Right, that's what's happening. We go over to the El Royale office and Archie is talking to Betty and Jughead. We're like, okay, thanks for hanging back. Um, something very weird is happening in Riverdale. You mean besides us suddenly developing mutant abilities? <laughs> Like, this felt like such a comic book conversation. I really did enjoy it.
1: It felt dumber than a comic book conversation. But
0: that's why I liked it, because it felt as dumb as a comic book conversation. An
1: Archie comic conversation. Exactly. My for point. sure.
0: <laughs> Archie's, you know, he's trying to recruit people. My. You know, my mom, Uncle Frank, Sheriff Keller, God knows who else. And... Jughead has been doing some research. Apparently some people think mind control is real, like a skill, the power of persuasion. And they're trying to, they're talking about, you know, what is, what does he want? And it's like, well, his family was one of the original settlers of the town. Maybe he feels he has a claim to it. And they're just like, whatever it is, it's not good. And, uh, Jughead's like yeah classic superhero narrative and Betty can't we just throw this guy in jail you're the FBI which I love that statement because it's like yes Betty is the entirety of the FBI
1: in Riverdale she is for fucking sure
0: and in her mind that is how she essentially functions I am the FBI that's it um Mm -hmm. it was just funny to hear that said but I appreciate you know she's like well not if we can't prove he's breaking any laws okay let's beat him up break every bone in his body can't do that Jug. i'd be just as bad as he is i appreciate the restraint from archie because we know his impulse is punchy punchy like (laughs) and i also just like that jughead who has a very cool ability is just unable to use it in this situation yep so i i like that and you know, they mentioned, you know, we tried all of this stuff with Hiram. They are temporary solutions at best, which is also a nod to them, like having learned from their past a little bit. <laughs> well, that's like good. And so they decide that, like, since Percival is trying to recruit people, we should do the same. We need to go to our friends, people we trust, to make sure he's not turning them to their side. Um, we can't let Percival assume too much power. Then Archie says, guys, what if this is why? We were given our powers to protect the town from Percival, which I totally called. I totally called that bullshit to which I, again, I love this, this reference. Okay. Relax, Professor Xavier. I like it. It's funny. I
1: hate it. I hate it so much. It's just so on the nose. It's annoying. It's not funny.
0: (laughs) But I thought it was funny because given the show and like, oh, now we're going to go supernatural because you don't have your Sabrina show no more. Okay. We're going to be this ridiculous. Fine. Give me it. Like, have fun with it. Boo. We go over to Cheryl's house.
1: Cheryl and Cheryl and scare quotes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Thornhill and Archie's there and he's there to ask, have you had any private contact with Percival Pickens? Did he interview you for his census? Yes, but I was taking a buttermilk bath, which sounds horrible. I couldn't receive (laughs) him. Uh, Why for? Uh, she's just like very absurd.
1: This is what I love about the Abigail story. Like that
0: I mean, I can appreciate that, but again, I hate it. Archie, you know, tells her that we're worried his intentions are not above board. And we think he's recruiting people to a side for some nefarious agenda. And Abigail's, I'd be more worried about a mob dragging me into the forest and burning me at the stake, as Archibald, Andrews, Jedediah Jones, and Beatrice Cooper did to my ancestor.
1: I mean, she's not wrong.
0: No, to which Archie's like not this again yes again that transgression hasn't been settled or forgotten which I'm just like for fuck's sake Cheryl Abigail like like you I I get wanting it acknowledged that these ancestors hurt my ancestors but like putting a death like a hit on the ancestors is not appropriate and and not not from this cast or these creators not for this
1: storyline but Abigail is a vengeful spirit. Like, it's, it's Abigail. It's not Cheryl. No, no, no. This is Cheryl. I know it's Abigail
0: in this scene. Cheryl did the same fucking thing. She did. There is There's no blue sky between the two at this moment. Cheryl wasn't going to murder them. She wanted them to atone. I don't, wouldn't put it past her. But, oh. I wouldn't. The, no. It's, it's so fucking stupid. And <laughs> I. it's just icky as all get out. I don't like it. And it just like, I'm just I'm pissed about this whole storyline. I hate
1: I'm it. I'm not. I'm just not. It's dumb. I don't think it's any good, but it it doesn't make me angry.
0: <sighs> Archie asks, Will you let us know if Percival tries to influence you anyway? To which she's just like, For what? Regarding Mr. Pickens, I'll keep my own counsel as I always have. And as for you three, my patience and this audience is at an end. Okay. Which then they go. Come on, Cheryl, we're the good guys, spoken like a true villain, which is fair. But not from her. <laughs> no, it's fair in if we're looking at this as a comic book, which will come up in a theory I may have. Oh, god damn it. Shut up. I'm a genius. Is a very cheesy comic book type thing. The villain always says that they're a good guy. So she leads they she leads them out and <laughs> She tells Britta, stoke the fires and heat the ovens, Britannia. We're preparing arsenic-laced scones. Because that's a thing you do. That's a thing you do.
1: I like this. It's stupid, okay? But I don't care. It's, It's a completely different person. We've already seen that Cheryl is trapped and trying to escape. So I'm like, fine, fuck around with it. Who cares? The only part about this that I like
0: is that the three get to try to exercise their powers to save themselves, which I I appreciated that. To which uh is a little like, um why Did uh what she's like uh and she's she's like our our, you know what what's happening it's like oh for that unholy trinity of self-obsessed male factors the timing couldn't be more perfect I need a corpse for my reincarnation ritual hurry lest we bake a scone for you too standing there not moving oh poor Britta I do really like the whole Britta part of this this relationship. It's very good.
1: She's also very good at making
0: terrified faces. Yes, yeah, she's very good at it. Then we have a shootout at Pops, and it's Twilight Twist with a Tommy gun. Riverdale.
1: This makes me so angry. As angry as you are about Abigail, I'm like 10 times more angry about this entire storyline.
0: <laughs> I'm not as angry about it as because they put no foundation into it. And so it's like, oh, yeah, this is the same bullshit you always do. I feel like with the Cheryl Abigail thing, they've spent so much time on it. And I was like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing with this. This is gross. This is awful. This also undoes a lot of good like rebuilding of Cheryl. I was like, this is fucking awful and has been a waste of my time. That's why I'm more mad about it.
1: I do find it interesting that we get angry about different things with this show.
0: (laughs) We do. We
1: do. That is that is funny to me. No, I'm I'm pissed about the fact that you had actual social commentary in the last episode, and then you just fucking torpedoed your chance on this one in the worst way. Yeah, <laughs> that gets to me more. Watching this show, I expect stupid storylines for characters we've already established in a certain way for five seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was just the intro, y'all. Like that was just the intro. <sighs> uh, anyways, Tabitha calls tony and is like hey where are you and she goes why is there more trouble with the ghoulies and she's like no i just got a call from alice she and frank are convening an emergency meeting at the council to which tony's like why wasn't i called because they want to remove you from the council it's percival's idea says alice he's using the drive-by last night as an excuse And and Tony's like, what is his grudge with me? To which Travis says, you know, you're a pillar in the community and he sees you as a threat, which is absolutely true. Absolutely. Except that that
1: must go deeper. That has to go deeper.
0: You cannot deny that there's something else there, which is also why I believe. So, Tony, like in previous seasons, we had all this stuff about the Uctana. Like, not a ton. They did that really shitty, too. But they had the whole thing where Cheryl made reparations for her family's part and hurting the Uctana. Tony said her and her family acknowledged that. And like, that was good. Like that was good groundwork for this stuff. So that's, that's the other thing that makes me feel like Percival Pickens is like Abigail and that he's a person from the past who's in the future or in the now. And he's trying to make it go back to that way, which is also why he's zeroing in on Tony, who is they are the present day figurehead for that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's a bunch of racial shit, but like they're throwing out all the good work they did on that with this story.
1: Well there's there's so much more you could have done with that. I and I and I'm not like I, I would love it if they would attack racism by using the serpents. That's a great way to come at that. In well show. and
0: new guy in town being like why the fuck are you in charge of everything? Why do you have all this power? Because guess what? That's what a lot of fucking white people do.
1: Like, it's just the way it is. They absolutely nailed the greed and capitalist mindset, but they are missing the mark on the whiteness angle. And it's frustrating.
0: It is very frustrating. So they're going to the meeting. Uh, We go back to the casino and like the core four are together again. (laughs) And the three are there to talk to Veronica. They want to talk about Percival Pickens. We don't think he's a good guy. That he asked to he come here for the census to put ideas in your head or try to shift your point of view. To which Veronica's like, no, and no. But the male Mary Poppins is definitely up to some serious shadiness. <laughs> and so she explains that she asked someone to look into him. He doesn't exist. There's literally no trace of him before he showed up in Riverdale. And then she tells them about the client that he influenced to off themselves and they're just like okay great so as they're leaving i love this Betty puts on her glasses like she's wearing like this big trench coat and glasses and it just looks like she has a horrible hangover it's very funny (laughs) like i really like the way lily is embodying this ability slash problem
1: so tired just so so
0: tired just just turn off the lights (laughs) to which to (laughs) which jug is like Now can we beat up this guy, get him thrown in jail? (laughs) And like, how does he even have powers? We were in that explosion. Not that it makes any sense. None of this makes sense. And so they're like trying to talk about like, you know, how can, how can Percival even control people's minds? And then they get lit up on their phones. You know, Tabitha says we need to go to the El Royale. So we go to the El Royale and they remove Tony. You know, Tony explains, you know, she's lived in Riverdale all her life. You know, she makes she makes a a decent argument for herself.
1: But I hate this because it's literally just her saying everything she's done on the show. It's a recitation of what Tony Topaz has done on the television show.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Again, if they had gone the route of her trying to enact changing the Serpent's role in the community. And we saw that and like she was gaining ground and it was doing well. And then something happens that doesn't look great. And that's when Percival pounces on her. It would make sense for her to kind of give this recitation. The other part of it is that people forget Tony's history in the show. Like we don't always remember every single thing. So this is a moment for to put it back in the audience's face. Hey, this is what Tony's doing, has been doing. But again, there's just really no build-up to that. We just know, like Tony, good, Tony, good person. Like that's <laughs> all we know. <laughs> like
1: I just to me, I I hate it. And again, I I don't disagree that you know you you do have to write somewhat to somebody who might just turn the show on for the first time for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you're gonna use exposition as an argument, mm-hmm. that just never flies with me. Like. Tie that exposition to an actual argument you want to make. Now you've got my attention. But when you're literally just reciting what you've done as a character, what are we doing?
0: But if we had a confrontation with Percival, and clearly Percival is going to put a target on Tony's back. And then we see Tony doing work. And that's part of a B story through like two, even three episodes before we get to a final He's pouncing on her. He's taken his opportunity to vote her out. Then it makes sense to her, like, look at everything I've done. Like, I like, like then her giving a recitation is a comes from a place of pleading with the community to stay with her because she knows it's not all perfect. She's not perfect. She doesn't, you know, and no one should expect her to
1: be. Well, at that point, it's not a recitation.
0: Well, no, it's not a recitation. It's a plea. And this I do agree. This is a recitation the way it's performed the way it's written um and that's not a slight against vanessa morgan that's just this is how it was teed up so that's what you do
1: it's just a waste of our audience's time <laughs> well
0: we we're just we're just spinning our wheels yep. so alice says let's put it up to a vote and see what happens we all know what's gonna happen we go back to the casino mr manchel is not doing well he is in pretty deep to the tune of seven grand So we cut back to the town council and the mutants show up (laughs) because it's just a great thing to call the children. (laughs) They're
1: not children anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, Whatever. I was like, mom, what's going on? Uh, We heard there was a meeting. Uh, Yeah, uh, fortunately, Tony was voted off the council. Let me guess. This was Percival's idea. Well, except for Tabitha, it was a unanimous vote to which Jughead's like unanimous against Tony How is that
1: possible? Oh, come on.
0: Well, okay. This is a fair question. That's a reasonable question. Even though they have a theory, does it like putting that to Alice? Alice, this is Tony. How could it be unanimous? Which is fair. I mean, doing good things in the community. Sure. Unanimous vote. But Tony getting rid of a pillar in the community. Unanimous vote? Uh Uh-uh. So that that is a question that deserves to be raised.
1: I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it because it's like, have y'all not seen what he's willing to stoop to? Like, some of this is just you know dumb detective brains. But sometimes I'm just like, y'all are really dumb.
0: <laughs> no, Jack had asked him the question to someone like Alice, who is supposed to be a hard-hitting investigative journalist. We know she's not, but. They don't know how much under the influence are they of Percival. Is it all the time, always? Once he gets his claws in you, that's it? Or is it just in the moment he needs something from somebody? They don't know how his control works. They don't know if it is officially his control. So it makes sense for them to ask this question. We
1: view this scene very different.
0: Yes. Uh, So we go back to the casino. Veronica comes by. And uh, Mr. Mantle's playing with a bunch of the wise guys. And she's like, the house is calling for a break. And so she's asking Mr. Mantle how he's doing. And he's like, you know, I'm a little down, but my luck is turning. Um, can you float me five grand?
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, Which oh, no. Veronica's like, we don't really do that here. But maybe you should step away from the table and slow down a bit. You know, cut your losses. They're throwing me out of my son's casino. Can't embarrass me in front of these guys. <sighs>
1: yeah. <sighs> I mean, hey, look, there are lots of casinos that will do that.
0: <laughs> sure. well, I, they, they want you for as much as they can get from you.
1: But I think there are a lot more casinos, especially some of the higher end places in like Vegas and places like that, where they will, they will be like, yo, we have to cut you off because there's been too many people that have that have had massive problems and it's bad for business and it's just bad in general. <laughs> there have been families who have gone
0: after the casinos for their predatory behavior. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, my person had a problem. You kept calling them and offering them free stays when you know they have no money. Like that is predatory behavior.
1: Yeah. I have no problem with the casino who wants to run and people have fun. And it's just you have to have a line. You have to have a line in the sand where you're like, yeah, uh -uh.
0: we cut to baby did a bad, bad thing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: This is a great use of this song. And it's Cheryl wearing the most absurd outfit ever walking down the hallway With muffins and scones a la Little Red Witching Hood is what I wrote in my notes.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is the outfit she was wearing when she first emerged, so...
0: No, it's not. That's what I thought, too, but it's not the same top. It's very similar, but it is not the same. All right. Um, But I appreciate that you were were paying attention to her outfit, Um, (laughs) because that's going to come up later. So she goes and gives a scone to Archie, then she gives one to Jughead, which I love how ravenous both boys are like... Free food, yay! I'm gonna eat the food. <laughs> like we knew we were gonna get that from Jughead, but we got it from Archie
1: too. And so it that's... plays into the dumb Archie comics character. Okay, I'm 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 leaning into this a little bit more for them.
0: I'm fine with that. And then we get to Betty, and Betty sees Cheryl's aura, and she's just like, "What are What are you doing, Cheryl? Like, are you trying to poison me?" To which uh, Cheryl is saying, "I'm offering you an olive branch. Why don't you take one like your cohorts did?" What did you put in those scones? Cohorts? Jug and Archie. To which Betty runs to Archie. Don't eat that scone! I already did! <laughs> which, like, you could see the crumbs all on the table.
1: I do love, first of all, the fact that as soon as she goes, are you trying to poison me? And Abigail just huffs and stomps away.
0: <laughs> How dare you learn my scheme? Um, but yeah, Archie going... I already did. She goes, it's poison. What? I'm invulnerable, remember? Well, Jughead isn't. Get a glass of water and a salt shaker and meet me in the bathrooms.
1: I <laughs> love that Archie's like, oh, well, I'm good. So, cares? I
0: mean, fair, fair. He's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Dumb, dumb, Archie. And so she goes <laughs> to Jughead, don't take another bite. Bathroom now. And so they're like, Cheryl gave us poison scones. We think so. I saw her, or okay, drink this, then throw up. Stall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> glass of water and salt shaker woof
0: yeah uh that is old school but effective it will make you throw it it can make you throw up really really fast
1: you got it you got to get that stuff out of you
0: yeah so we cut on over to the tangs apartment and tony's talking to fangs like you know what if the serpents shed their skins and rebranded a little bit uh to which fangs is kind of like who huh? we would no longer be a gang which is triggering Like the Black Panthers, which is not a bad plan and is actually a really great reference point, especially with all the racial stuff they're alluding to, but not actually talking about or confronting. (sighs) We focus more on community driven programs, helping the town's youth, seniors, which like, again, if they had made the story, Percival is now focusing in on Tony and the Serpents. And we had this go over a few episodes this would be great and make such sense for Tony's plan and her position in the community. Like this makes sense.
1: Well, this should have started after the time jump. Mm. I mean, this is how you set it up is that the serpents are becoming a community self-defense group. They, they are the black Panthers.
0: They already kind of alluded to that in that time jump, but we had, we were focusing on our things. So now that we're on this, she can say, you know, look, we've already done, we do these things, blah, 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 blah. this, this is how we've already contributed to the community, but we can do more and we should try to make that the visible pillar of who the serpents are.
1: The serpents should be out in Sketch Alley working with the homeless in that episode.
0: Sure. Like that could have, that could have been a point. Like the serpents are here. We'll do everything you need. But yeah, like it, this is something that is a great point and I appreciate it but it should have been leaned into and not like it. Again, it's just shitty writing. So fangs raises a good question. Like, wouldn't that be handing the town over to the ghoulies to which Tony says, we could ask Betty for help from the FBI. You want the FBI to fight battles for us, which uh, also, especially if you studied anything about the black Panthers and the
1: FBI. (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Again, this is all really good. If you hadn't flattened it out with terrible setup. Exactly. This scene works
0: in any other capacity. Sure. Like it's a great scene in and of itself until you zoom out. Like when you zoom in on it, it's a great scene. When you zoom out to everything that's happening around it, you're like, oh, this is crap. So things like, where is this coming from? To which Tony says, you know, becoming a political activist group, it would take the wind out of the witch hunter's sails. Which, hey, ding, 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 witch hunter, Percival Pickens. Again, I help it, it helps fuel. The whole, he's from the
1: past person. I mean, number one, yes. Number two, Tony is so wrong. Tony is so wrong about that. Because <laughs> that is just more
0: obvious competition to the money that he's going to throw at the per- at perceived problems.
1: All that does is get them to fight even harder half the day.
0: So Fang says, I got to be honest, I don't think the serpents are going to go for it. And Tony's like, they will if we stay united on this. <sighs> things are we united to which thump thump door bursts open and the cops come in with kevin being fucking shady as hell uh we gotta warrant things we received reports of illegal weapons in the apartment weapons absolutely not when that's tony and she goes in reports from whom uh to which someone says i'll check the baby's room things goes the hell you will and slams kevin up against a wall to which tom keller says that's it he's done puts fangs and cuffs and the other guy unnamed deputy man this is the most deputies (laughs) tom has ever had and he goes into the other room comes back and has got a bunch of guns tony's like kevin why are you doing this and kevin says nothing but gives Percival a look who's there also assisting in this raid. It's a raid. It's a raid. It's a raid. Uh, we cut to jail and Tony's like, thanks. I'm going to get you out of here. Where did the weapons come from? They were mine. Why? In our house with baby Anthony. All good questions. Why? So apparently Fangs was storing them for a battle royale with the ghoulies uh, you stopped talking to Twilight Twist, but she reached out to me, challenged me to a rumble. I do love the use of the word rumble. Oh, my God. I, I, They only know how to talk about gangs in West Side Story terms.
1: But I, again, that makes me hate it even more because of how you set it up for this episode. No, I,
0: I don't disagree with any of that. It's just I'm trying to find joy wherever I
1: can. I know, but just if you want to do it as a rumble, do it as a fucking rumble, man.
0: And Fang says the other serpents, they want to fight. I'm sorry, Tony.
1: <laughs> sorry ain't good enough on this one, Fangs.
0: You done fucked up, jackass. This is a massive felony. Yeah. Uh, We cut on over to Pembroke and Reggie, Veronica, you know, how was the scene at the casino? Dad said he had a blast again. Uh, To be honest, we kind of had a moment. He was losing a lot of money and I asked him if he wanted to step away and he didn't. And it's not a big deal, but it kind of. Got me wondering, how did your dad get into debt with my dad? Was it gambling? Fair question. Uh oh. Which Reggie's like, he was making improvements to the car lot and the bank didn't want to give him a loan. Ronnie, the guy's having a good time and you want to squash that? To which Ronnie was like, not at all. I just wanted to make sure he's okay. Reggie's just like, trust me, he's fine, which you can tell Reggie's lying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is definitely lying. Cut back to Thornhill. Horrid news about Archie, Betty, and Jughead. Oh no, are they? Very much alive, I'm afraid. How? I have no clue. No matter. Tomorrow I should pay Tony a visit. I need some of her blood for my new rituals.
1: Classic cartoon bit. Classic Uh,
0: cartoon villain, twisty mustache Cheryl. Uh, I know she's Abigail, but Cheryl, I enjoy this.
1: Horrible news. Oh, are they alive?
0: (laughs) Twitchbird's like, does that mean you're done trying to kill the others? Of course not. I still hate them and I still need a body cheryl again this is the moment where there is no blue sky between cheryl and abigail no it stop it no cheryl would not do this i don't know that that's true i do i i do not believe it so later the mutants are talking (laughs) how are you feeling jug like i swam in the ocean and swallowed a bunch of seawater yeah yeah and so like why is cheryl trying to kill us all of a sudden because of something that happened to Abigail centuries ago, really? Or it was Percival. Maybe he got there, suggested that she take us out. Uh, what better way to get rid of us without leaving any fingerprints? Jug, you can't read Percival's mind because he'll sense it, but maybe try reading Cheryl's. Maybe you can pick up a trace of Percival. Which is like, all right, let me get my sea legs back first.
1: Nope. Why are we doing this? Why, why did we have to figure out Cheryl through their investigation?
0: No, it's not figuring out Cheryl. They don't have, they have no idea what's going on with Cheryl. Nobody does because she's holed up in Thornhill.
1: Well, she's holed up in a mental jail inside Thornhill.
0: Yes, but to them, it's Cheryl. She barely comes out except to be twisty mustachey. So why is this like, and yes, she's always caused chaos for them, but now she's actually trying to murder us.
1: That's new. Yeah, that's the new part, is like she's always caused chaos. Not evil. Look, it makes sense
0: for them to try to figure out if Percival is behind that. That is the other new element. Cheryl's acting weird. This dude is making other people act weird. Maybe he's involved in that because that almost worked.
1: I just don't want to talk about her anymore because I want to know what the fuck is up with Percy. Well, fair. Tell me about Percy.
0: So we cut to Tony's office. Cheryl's there to visit. She gives her thing of thorns. Uh, she pricks her finger on the thorns. And then, you know, like she gets a handkerchief and like helps her fix that. She goes, what ails you? Blah, 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 fucking blah. <laughs> to like, the only thing about the scene is she goes, the ghoulies wish to kill Archie. Tell me more about that. <laughs> Which I missed the first time I watched this. It's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. We cut over to the car dealership. And Reggie comes in, he's like, You called dad? I'm in trouble, Reg. I lost the car lot. The dealership? How? When? Marty went to a private game at Kucina Sakasa, which is a nice callback. Um, we haven't seen that place in a while. Uh, we were having a great time, and one thing led to another. It was like the last time at the racetrack. Remember, I couldn't stop. And the more I lost, the more I kept on playing. Ugh. I was thinking you could talk to Veronica and she could talk to the wise guys. They're sort of her crowd, aren't they? And Reggie, you could just see him so disappointed. It's like I worked so hard to get you out of that hole, Dad, and you put us back in it. Like I, f- I feel so bad for for Reggie. Yeah. Like <sighs> Reggie's gotten a shit
1: hand. But again, yeah, he's doing so much acting for a reveal that's not going to come till the very end of this episode. Absolutely. And oh, so
0: good. <laughs> he agrees that he'll talk to Veronica. Uh, We go back to the Tang's apartment and Janet Weiss is there. Um, She's doing a wellness check. I've been informed this may be an unsafe environment for baby Anthony. And this is where we get the flashback to Rivervale, the La Yarona story. I received an anonymous complaint. I'm here on a wellness check, Tony. And then... We like, we kind of see little bits of the like, I got an anonymous complaint. And like, she flashes to Kevin as well as part of that. So she's like, Tony, is everything all right? Yeah, yeah. I was just having deja vu. She's like, I would never do anything to put baby Anthony in harm's way, which why are we still calling him baby Anthony?
1: Because that's that everything has to be extra on this fucking television show.
0: So they go to his bedroom and there's no baby in the crib. Tony, the window. Oh my God. Then we cut to where Archie's walking out of the El Royale and Cheryl, like yelling like a hyena, dressed like Twilight Twist, throws a Molotov cocktail at him. Oh, Archibald! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first watch I was like, what the fuck? I don't care. Second watch I was like, this is so absurd, but I do love this.
1: I'm fine with Abigail being fucking Buck Wild. What I don't like is that it doesn't tie into any storyline whatsoever. And that's the annoying part. What's interesting to me is could Cheryl, after being in this weird, you know, nightmare verse, mm-hmm. suddenly have insight as to what the fuck is going on? Cheryl might be a key in understanding this whole superpowers bit. And Tony as well, because holy shit. After all of this gang story that I hate, this scene is so fucking cool to me.
0: Yeah, no, this is fun. Like, this is funny. Because, again, it's twisty mustache villain as opposed to just painful. Yeah. Anyways, we go over to Pops for a search party. Uh, Tabitha has organized a bunch of people to look for baby Anthony because in Riverdale we take care of our own. So, like, she's passing out flyers to people and they're starting to leave. And Jughead's there listening to people. I mean, they're thinking things like, poor kid, hope he's okay. She's not fit to be a mother. She's a leader of a gang. She put her child in harm's way. What kind of mother is she? No one is safe in this town anymore. And so, Betty goes over to Jug and is like, Are you picking up on anything? And he's like, No, kidnappers are keeping tabs. They're not doing it nearby. I'll keep looking. And Betty's like, Yeah, take a break. Archie texted me. He's outside. <laughs> So, like, then we cut to them outside and they've, they've heard what happened with Cheryl. Cheryl, dressed as a ghoulie, threw a Molotov cocktail at you. It's hard to mistake Cheryl, buddy, no matter what she's wearing, <laughs> which I do love that because it calls out the absurdity of Cheryl's outfit. I mean, it is truly insane in the best way. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is beyond insane.
1: So it's not Cheryl. It's Abigail.
0: <sighs> not to them. It's not. It's Cheryl.
1: It bugs me. <laughs> I
0: don't care (laughs) so Archie and Betty are gonna stay there to search for the baby Jughead has to go read Cheryl's mind he's like definitely I hope I don't get killed (laughs) which again very comic book Jug
1: love it I like that they're just sarcastic weirded out (laughs) x-men
0: we go over to the casino and Reggie is talking to Veronica about its dad look dad lost dealership to Geraldo's wise guys and Reggie's like what do we do I'll talk to Heraldo's pals. But can you admit that your dad has a problem and needs to be cut off? Which really pisses Reggie off. What? Your dad killed people and blew up the entire town. And you hung up his portrait. But my dad has a streak of bad luck and you want to bar him from my casino? To which Veronica's getting like, "Ah, how dare you? I mean, nothing Reggie said is a lie about Hiram. I still believe he's he's at this point trying to lie to himself about his dad.
1: Yeah, but nothing is unreasonable about what Veronica is saying.
0: No, but that, it's just one of those things where like they're they both can be right, and Veronica also doesn't really admit to the like. I don't feel like Veronica really admits the fact that she also enabled her dad because she decided to play the game. If she walked away from her dad, it would have taken so much fuel away from him. So she is de- she was definitely a contributing factor, and she needs to acknowledge that because she is a part of that problem. Reggie by I mean previously I, I don't know Reggie's is also way more complex in a different way.
1: Well, I, I in this scene though it's just Reggie's just lashing out. Well, yeah. For a lot mm-hmm. of other reasons and Veronica's very clearly just like uh, where did this come from?
0: <laughs> His dad does have a problem and it's the type of it's a it's a different type of problem. Than the issues with Hiram Um, and Reggie's already had to admit to things that his dad did. That's embarrassing and really shameful for Reggie, like with his dad being so abusive. Um, But then to also admit, my not only is my dad abusive and he's dying, he's got a gambling problem. Like, it's just like one too many things for him to have to admit about his dad. So he's just like, he's pissed at Veronica. He's like, that's, you know what? It's my dad's mess. I'll handle it.
1: Also, Veronica looking almost exactly like her mother right now. Very much so.
0: Tony gets a call. It's rumble time. Uh, It's Twyla. She's got the baby. Percival is there, actually. And she wants to end this with the serpents versus the ghoulies. The winner gets Riverdale and this little heartbreaker right here referring to the baby. Tony's like, fine. Under one condition, you deliver Anthony to Pops. And I'm not going to fight until I get word from Tabitha that Anthony's safe. Deal? Deal. See you at 10 in front of the tuna fish warehouse on the docks.
1: I love that Percival nods before Twyla agrees. Mm -hmm. Nice touch.
0: Come armed because we will be. Boo. We cut over to Pops and Tony and Tabitha are talking and Tabitha's like, I'm not comfortable with this. Can we at least loop in Betty? No, that's not how this works. This is how it has to be. Twyla doesn't want to hurt baby Anthony. She wants bragging rights that she took me down or the serpents or both. Which, fair. To which Tabitha relatched, okay, and then I'll wait for maybe Anthony, and then I will call you. So Then we cut over to the weirdest crossover thing that has ever happened in any one of our episodes of any of our podcasts.
1: He showed up earlier in this episode, I will say.
0: He did, but you don't get a clear look at his face. He's not very identifiable until this scene. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, let's we'll talk about the scene, and then we'll talk about what I'm referencing here. We go over to Cusina sacasa and the wise guys are playing. And Reggie shows up. Like, can I ask you about the game you played yesterday with my father, Mon- Marty Mantle? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. To be honest, he's heartbroken that our family business is gone. I wondered if I could buy it back. And so they're like, mm, yeah, no, it's already gone up in value. We're expanding some of our operations, and we've been looking for a business like your dad's car lot. So if you were to buy it off of us. The price would now include the projected income for the next five years, not just the hundred grand. Whoa. Marty is in the hole for a hundred grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking nuts. To which Reggie just turns into the scam scammy boy, which I love. Mm -hmm. What sort of operation are you planning for? I don't think it'd be your cup of tea. You're talking a chop shop running contraband, money laundering, counterfeit play. What? Get a load of this guys. Please. I was bootlegging in high school. Which is fair. He was. (laughs) He absolutely was. And you might want someone to interface with the public, someone trustworthy and familiar with how car lots work, to keep the trains running so no one gets suspicious. What I'm saying is, maybe we can help each other. I love scheming Reggie. Mm -hmm. Scheming Reggie is great. Now, our wise guys features someone who's very Heavily featured in the Macintosh and mod universe. In fact, so much so, the main character he plays on a show is Macintosh.
1: Yep.
0: The gentleman in the middle of this group is Peter New. And we know him as the voice of Big Mac on My Little Pony. He's actually (laughs) done a ton of voice work, but that's the one that we know him from most. Like, He does a lot of bit parts. He does things like this. But when I was watching this, I was like, that guy looks so familiar. Why do I know that guy? Oh, my God. I swear that's Peter New. It's Peter New. It's Peter New. I went to look it up to confirm. And sure enough, it is. And then I'm texting David. I'm putting it on Twitter. Oh, my God. Big Mac is in Riverdale. Big Mac is in
1: Riverdale. That next day, Peter New tweeted, how's my Riverdale fam doing?
0: (laughs) I am so happy. (laughs) I am so happy. I I tagged him in my tweets. I was like. This is the happiest weird coincidence I've ever seen. And I I feel like it was like here's a gift to y'all, this little podcast network. Because uh, while we are called the Doghouse, we are on the Macintosh and network, which is named after our two favorite characters from the show. David's is Big Mac, and mine is Maud.
1: Also, a fun bit doesn't talk in this episode.
0: No, he has a few reactionary statements, but he doesn't have any big lines.
1: hmm. It's all face work.
0: Yeah, which I love. (laughs) It's, it's, I love you, Peter New. I'm so Ah. glad you like, I'm so like, and that's another thing. Like he's done so much voice work and I just love that I recognized his face. We cut on over to Thornhill and Jughead knocks on the door and Britta opens, but she does not look good. She looks very frazzled and essentially (laughs) Jughead gets Britta to think things to explain what she cannot say. And we get Expo Britta.
1: She unloads. She's terrified.
0: I'm living a captive existence here. You won't believe me, but Mr. Cheryl's asleep and Abigail Blossom has possessed her body and she's been trying to kill you on the eve of the blood moon. So Miss Topaz's soul will go into the corpse and Thomasina can be reincarnated into Miss Topaz's body. To which like Jughead's just like, okay, cool. Are you going to be okay until the blood moon? To which Britta like nods her head. Uh Like this was so absurd, but in the best way.
1: The only thing this missed was Jughead being like, that's so much.
0: (laughs) Like that's a lot of information to take in in 30 seconds. We needed that
1: line. We needed a
0: a line to that being like, okay, then. Um, Like also like the real world acknowledgement that I just read your thoughts.
1: Both of them. Like from both of
0: them. What is happening?
1: Yeah. like <laughs> we, we missed that, and that was a bad missed opportunity, because that would have been so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, I, lo- I love that she, she wants to unload, but she can't, so that she just does it in her head. I mean fair. Sweet, sweet, Britta. I'm so sorry. You should have just been the high school quarterback.
0: Yeah. Uh, <sighs> we go over to Pops, and Tabitha is walking in, and she sees Kevin and another cop, who we find out is Walker talking and the other crop is saying I can't believe Keller put us on patrol duty while everyone gets to be part of the turkey shoot I want to see some action exterminate those serpents shut your damn mouth walker and that's Kevin telling him to shut up and is like whoa, whoa, whoa what are you talking about what turkey shoot killed the serpents Kevin whatever else is happening Tony is still the mother of your child tell me what's going on which I argue that baby Anthony is not Kevin's child not in this world I know I've theorized that potentially he is the biological father of Anthony. However, he 100% abandoned that child when he broke up with Fangs. Uh uh. That is not his baby.
1: There's so much bad in all of this. I hate it.
0: Nope. If he had been a part, like if, if he had made an effort to be a part of this baby's life and maintain a familial relationship with Tony and Fangs after he straight up dumped Fangs. Then I would say, yes, he is a parent because he was part of this conception. But no, in the actual world of Riverdale, Kevin is not the parent.
1: But you got to say the depiction of the sheriff's pretty accurate. We cut on over to Tony and she gets a phone call
0: from Tabitha. Hey, what's up? The ghoulies aren't here. Do you have baby Anthony? No. And Tony, get out of there. You're walking into a trap. What? It's the sheriff and his deputies. They're out for blood. Kevin told me it will be a turkey shoot. It's a trap. Yeah, basically. She's like, I'll call you right back. So Tony hangs up and it's like, everyone, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here now. Please show up. So like hands in the air, guns on the ground. Freeze, stay where you are. Serpents, put your weapons on the ground, blah, blah, blah. And so Tony's like, don't give them a reason to shoot. That's exactly what they want. And then Percival says, you heard her. The serpents are resisting arrest. To which Tony, who's had her phone in her hand this whole time, says, the hell we are. And I'm live streaming this right now, you scumbag. Uh, So be careful what you do. The whole world is watching, which then we get a shot of Percival and he has a very concerned look on his face like, you bitch, you got the best of me on this one. Because clearly he speaks something and some, I guess, on people he's already influenced. And that's the reality. That's what they're going to do. He's clearly got, I think it's a little bit more than just mind control, if you will. No, something else is going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But in that instance, Tony got the best of him because if she didn't have her phone, which is technology that would not have exist in Percival's real time, you couldn't have proved otherwise. So that was cool. And it's like, again, and this is something that is very much commentary of our times. Like, even with solid proof, cops are doing horrible shit.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know,
0: I liked I liked that piece of this. Like, I hate this, but I like that piece of it. That was good. Hey, Cap, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. We go over to the casino and, you know, Reggie's talk with Veronica. Reggie, how are things? I clean up my dad's mess and I got the dealership back. Oh, and also don't worry about my dad coming back. I told him he has a problem and a barred him from Babylonium. To which Veronica's like, it's not what I wanted, but okay. Is he going to get help? He's fine. That's all you need to know. So now it's very clear that Reggie is keeping secrets from Veronica.
1: And even when Veronica's just like, that's not what the issue was, my dude. No. I was worried about your fucking dad. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't find anything Veronica in the wrong here other than this is going to lead her to be like, what the hell is Reggie hiding from me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then we've got Jughead
0: shows up where Betty and Archie are. It's like, hey, your mom isn't here, right? No, she's at another council meeting. We have to go. I think that Cheryl needs our help more. <laughs> Like Jughead's there to warn them. So we go over to Thornhill and Betty is knocking on the door to which Cheryl's like, cousin, why for this cry? Like Betty's eyes are covered in mascara. So good. Have you heard about Archie? He's dead. He was burned alive by a ghoulie, which is hilarious. (laughs) Follow me into the parlor and I'll put on the kettle to which then Betty chloroforms her, which I really love. Once she Betty's got helped her to the ground, she goes, Cheryl, if you can hear me, help is on the way. Oh cool, which is nice. Like Cheryl can be fucked up, but like they don't wish her like harm. Like, I don't want anything good for you, but I don't want anything bad to happen to you.
1: I think that's the key for me here is that mm-hmm. and and what leads them to like come around to very quickly be like, Oh yeah, this makes a ton of sense. It's because Cheryl may cause chaos. Cheryl may sow discord. Mm-hmm. Cheryl wouldn't ever try to hurt them. She might try to hurt them emotionally, but she has never been violent towards them, always against people who really deserved that shit.
0: I. It's not without reason to think that Cheryl is capable of those things.
1: She's very capable, but she never has exhibited that towards them.
0: Mm. We go over to the jail, and it's Percival and Tony time. He asked, are you comfortable? And She's like, I'm fine. Are you sorry your turkey shoot didn't happen? I can't think what you mean. <laughs> Which you know, is very coy. Your bail's been posted. You're being released in the morning. Which Tony's like, I don't suppose I can appeal to you as a mother looking for her child. Oh, you mustn't worry about Anthony. We raided the ghoulie lair earlier this evening and we found your son. Luckily, we got him out safely. Alas, the same can't be said about the ghoulies. It was an absolute bloodbath. Unfortunately, only one of them survived. Twyla Twist, she escaped. Oh, like the roach she is now? Where the hell is my son? Safe and sound, with his father. Which I know he means, Kevin. Yeah. That baby is a knot with Fangs.
1: No, Fangs is in jail. I don't think Fangs is still in jail. For a fucking weapons charge? How are they going to post bail for him? I don't know.
0: Ah. Uh. But I know, like, this is, like, what he means is the baby is with Kevin. Yeah,
1: of course he does. So. And that's where, like, the ickiness of the Kevin of it all comes back to this. I think Kevin's going to, you know, die trying to protect everybody from Percy. So we cut over to,
0: like, the Thornhill Woods and Abigail is tied to the stake. And the three and Britta and Rose are there with uh, Nana Rose holding the Julian doll.
1: On a stick
0: which no he's not on a stick
1: oh i thought she was
0: (laughs) no he's kind of like a ventriloquist doll like that's the style that he's built in even worse i know well that's they're creepier looking anyways abigail screaming you villains you'll never get me out of this body it's mine now mine to which the the guys are going you'll see how long you last once this fire gets going you dare burn me again to which betty gets up and goes as many times as it takes bitch Perfect. Perfect. Betty has
1: zero fucks with, between the migraines and the aura and the needing the sunglasses. She is very tired and very much just like, just get out of my fucking friend's body, you stupid bitch.
0: I don't have time for this shit. So they start like <laughs> reading a, a spell and then she screams really loud. We cut to the town council. Percival is now on the council because Antoinette Topaz. Is incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Then we cut back to Abigail and Cheryl. She's continuing to scream. She screams so much. The fire goes out. And then Nana Rose basically like throws the doll. She goes, It twitched (laughs) in my hands. To which everyone's like, Yeah, whatever. Well, they're all
1: like, Duh. Yeah, whatever.
0: I mean, like we all knew what was going on at that point. And then they're like, Mr. Cheryl, Cheryl, is that you? To which she's like, Yeah, where's Abigail? And then we take look at look at the doll. Oh, cool, we're gonna have an Annabelle situation now.
1: Great. Okay, but but wait. I don't hate that. No new theory. New theory. Hmm. Percy isn't a Pickens or a ghost from the past. Percy is the curse. <sighs> no. The timing of Abigail screaming to him getting elected to the council and back again. What if he's the curse that she placed upon the town?
0: I don't think he's the curse. I think he's the one who went after her and
1: He's the one that convinced Archibald and the ancestors to go burn her.
0: I think that. And I think he created the curse. Oh. Which is why like she like he put a curse on Abigail. She can't die until he lets her. Oh. Something shit. to that effect.
1: Oh shit
0: which is why she's so hellbent on going after all these other people because this is the only, like she can't hurt Percival, right? Like in her current
1: form. Uh, cue the mafia movie. As soon as I get out, they bring me back. back in. In. Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> we go to the jail. Tony's been released. She's got Tabitha there. Kevin brings the baby and he says, I'm petitioning for full custody to which Tony's like, don't do this, Kevin. And he's just like, I just want what's best for the baby. And I've been talking with Miss Weiss. My only concern is for Anthony's safety, and then, like as he's leaving, we see Percival just standing there.:
1: If we didn't have that earlier scene and that uh-huh. gang culture line, yeah, this would work because what I, what I think should happen far more is that Percy's the asshole, clearly. Sure. he's
0: definitely influencing this.
1: but the, I, what should be happening here is that people are trying to follow their best judgment but they are reaching the absolute worst conclusions because of what he's whispering to them.
0: Sure. Like Alice, like we don't realize how bad this is getting because Alice is, this is totally within character for Alice. Frank being talked nicely by somebody probably doesn't take a whole lot of nudging to get in that direction. Because Frank is a pretty altruistic person. So like if he's reasoned with, then it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Cool. So like those aren't big swings. But Kevin, who we we have established, is very influent. He's very subject to influence. Yeah. Him, like, being willing to take care of the baby, like, that was an olive branch from Fangs and Tony. And he took that seriously. But then, like, I wish they hadn't, I agree, I wish that we hadn't had him saying, I'm worried about the gang culture. I wish we had just gotten him showing up at that raid and we getting, like, the whole anonymous complaint thing. And then we get hit with this because then it's like, it's, this is all Kevin. Like Kevin submitted that complaint about things, submitted that complaint about the baby. Now this is where we're at.
1: But see, it plays even better to me if Kevin wasn't the one who placed the complaint. It plays even better if Kevin is like, like they go up to him and he's like, I'm sorry. I don't know, but they're here. And he's like along with them. And then the guns show up and he's like, you're fucking kidding me. It plays so much better to me if Kevin thinks the best until the very last possible moment Mm -hmm. because that's far more within Kevin's character sure and I think that's the the point here is that all of the characters should be within their character but now assuming the worst because of what Percival is trying to tell
0: taking taking extreme actions against people they are supposed to care about
1: which is what people like Percival do sure totally
0: um, or against their their best self interest. Hello, Republican Party. No, no, I okay, I can see that. I I can I can see that.
1: I just doubt that, that would work so much better for
0: Kevin. Yeah, but we don't care about Kevin because he's TPK.
1: <laughs> he's not.
0: <laughs> I know, but I just want him to be because I think that's <laughs> such a cooler way for like to have that villain uh, be wrapped up and kill Kevin because that's what's gonna happen.
1: What if Marty Mantle is TBK? that's so
0: boring (laughs) way more interesting than Kevin all right we cut on over to the dealership and the wise guys are there they're like hanging out with Marty making him feel great like everything's fabulous Reggie comes in he's like uh you know how's it going oh it's great you look happy dad I am I'm having the time of my life son time of my life cut to doctor's office And the doctor says, it's not looking good. Your father's on the donor list. But at this point, it's highly unlikely he'll get a transplant in time. And so Reggie's like, so what do you think? He's looking at a year. So now we get why for Reggie, it's just, I just want to enjoy what I have, what time I have left, which is is directly related to what happened with Rivervale. Yeah. Which again, like it's bleeding over. And we knew that was going to happen, but I do like these types of parallels. Like, that makes sense and is interesting to me, which will play into my theory I've got here in a minute. And
1: the fucking reveal of that and all of his, like, why is he being so defensive and so weird? And yeah. then it's like, holy shit, Charles Melton. Yeah. <laughs> it's all him. Like, the writing is solid to lead you that way. But honestly, it's all him nailing that scene, knowing what he knows without giving it away to the other person. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: We cut on over to Betty, and she gets a call from Dr. Curdle Jr. I haven't seen him in a while. Hey.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like, hey, did you hear about the ghoulie slaughter? Yeah, 22 ghoulies dead. It's horrible. I'm sure you've got your hands full, but there's something off about the bodies. Oh. um, According to the sheriff's report, the ghoulies were killed in a gunfight with deputies on the scene, but I would say the ghoulies' wounds are self-inflicted, which is like, huh? They shot themselves? Yes, I believe the ghoulies turned their guns on themselves.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Cut on over to Thornhill, and we have now put the creepy Julian doll that is clearly possessed by Abigail in the glass cabinet, sealed away forever. One more thing, Nana. It falls on us three women to keep the eternal flames burning so that Abigail will never escape or lay claim to my body again. I would like to point out that Britta... Is wearing a previously worn outfit from Cheryl. Okay, it's interesting.
1: I mean, they live in the same house.
0: They do, but Cheryl's outfits are iconic and specific to Cheryl. And the outfit Britta's wearing is not is not like a crazy iconic one. I'm tr- I need to go find the screenshot of it, but I saw it and I was like, that's Cheryl's outfit.
1: So yeah. I think it's just more Cheryl finally fully bringing her into the you are part of this family.
0: I don't know. Like maybe like maybe, like you are, you are completely trustworthy because yes. you stood by me, which I, if that's truly the case, I appreciate that.
1: Well, she says that in the last episode for sure. My real yes. factotum.
0: Yes. She does say that. And if that's the case, sure. But I, to help further that, that like Cheryl really truly does acknowledge it. I wish there had been a scene about her lending something to Britta. But if this is all we're gonna get, I caught it. It happened. I need to go find where she actually wears that outfit because I want to know like if it's also if that specific outfit is referencing anything. I gotta hmm. go figure out some parallels there.
1: Meanwhile, Julian's got long flowing red locks. <laughs> of
0: course he does. He, she, he does. she,
1: it's Abigail now. Ah! Yeah, it's
0: Julian. So yeah, that's true. Jubigal? Juba, uh, no, I mean Abbian. It- we cut on over to Archie's house. It's like, well, at least we saved Cheryl from being possessed. That's a win, right? While we were doing that, Percival got himself elected to town council. The council that we formed. After <laughs> killing 22 ghoulies and after killing the serpents, maybe. So he wants to take over the town like Hiram Lodge. We stopped Hiram. We can stop Percival. And Archie's like, I don't think Percival wants to take over Riverdale. Something tells me he wants to destroy it. Riverdale.
1: Okay. Wah, wah. That was a weird place to end.
0: Want womp. Wah, 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 wah.
1: Damn it. I wanted to just fully hate this episode, but now they've laid some seeds that I kind of love.
0: Yeah. Damn it. You're welcome.
1: It it just comes back to the central theme of this episode. Again, they did such a great job with that last one where I was really impressed, other than we were like, the superhero thing is weird. Now the superhero thing feels great, but they just they absolutely botched the message in this episode and did no groundwork to get where they wanted to go with it and it was just immensely hard to watch because of that
0: eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay so my theory we are now officially living in jughead's comic book
1: oh yes that totally makes sense
0: true but though so now that the words have collided and jughead can't hear but his way of communicating or writing is the comic book that is now Bully what we are experiencing what
1: he's writing in the comic book is what is happening in real life
0: this like with this with the skew on it because you know we're in a fiction version of what's happening which just furthers the whole previously before episode 100 the narration we got, actually before episode 95 all the narration we got we all took as we are in jugs book Jughead is reading from the novel that he's writing. And yeah. then when we got to 100, we're like, okay, well, maybe we're from the comic books Jug's writing, which could also be true. And now he's in his, you know, um, bizarro Riverdale, River Vale. That's what he's creating. So that's what we are in, which also continues the narrative that we are in a work of Jughead's fiction.
1: God damn it. If that's how this series ends
0: pretty clever and i'm okay with that and it also helps with all the inconsistencies and bullshit especially the two reggie's which is still my favorite thing that's ever happened <laughs> i think it really is my favorite thing that's ever
1: happened the two reggie's was very good
0: reggie's was the best and i like i was so shocked that they pulled it off i was so happy all right let's go figure out what
1: might happen next week okay
0: Another fucking boxing match? Are you kidding me? Oh, well, of course. No more boxing. Uh, it's it's no more it's, boxing in Riverdale. It'll be it's like it's the town from battle. Footloose, but with it's boxing. So it's not not.
1: Uh, anyway, Annabelle is haunting the house. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. Seeing Cheryl being tortured.
0: Well, a spontaneous combustion of a body. So Nana. Uh, I don't know. Those feet look different. Ooh, maybe it's Britta. And because she's wearing Cheryl's clothes, Annabelle mistaked her for Cheryl. Oh, God. That'd be cool. Oh, poor Britta. I mean, poor Britta, but that'd be a cool way to go out. Like, that'd be cool. Like, oh, you started wearing Cheryl's clothes and the doll in like Abigail in doll form can't differentiate the same way. So she's making some mistakes. That'd be cool. Um, Let's see what else is happening. Uh, Veronica says, excuse me. What did you just say? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> who, who cares? You are in the Casino Island. I think you're trapped and you're not ever allowed to leave. <laughs>
1: I don't hate her story though. Like
0: I do, but I kind of just can't wait for her to start fucking Geraldo because that's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's happening next week on Riverdale.
1: Weird shit. I don't.
0: Stranger things have happened in Riverdale. Truth. Truth. Facts. You
1: know, I uh, at least this episode, like last episode, we immediately cringed upon seeing the preview and. Bore fruit immediately on how cringy it was. Next episode does not feel as cringy. I don't know. I, I feel like they're
0: kind of doing that Mad Men thing of like they're tell, like they're showing us, but giving us no information.
1: They misdirected pretty good on that last one a little bit.
0: They they've they've gotten a little bit better. Of like, here's here's a like we know there's going to be a boxing match, and someone spontaneously combusts. That's what we know. Next time on Riverdale.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's it. They're doing better about showing you big, flashy, what the fuck things that are going to happen. Sure. Without giving you any of the context behind them. Sure. So, I mean, again, like I said, it was just immediately apparent after that last preview that, oh, this episode's going to be rough. Yeah.
0: Sure enough. (laughs) Yeah. And next week's called Folk Heroes, but there's no like plot summary, so we don't know what's up.
1: Hopefully, this is where we figure out what the fuck is up with the powers.
0: Maybe. But we also see um, the return of Archie's dip dye hair, <laughs> which I I did not put it in my notes, but it bugged the shit out of me the first half of this episode. All I could see were, were Cole's roots. Cole's Cole? roots. Huh. The roots of his hair. Because his, his hair is naturally blonde. Yeah. So, but it's like a dirty blonde. So when his start to grow, like you don't really notice them. But there was a solid inch where I'm like, motherfuckers go to the salon get your hair fucking dyed if archie walks around with highlighter orange hair you can get your hair fucking dyed black go kj has to go to every two weeks uh,
1: i mean I, the, the the kj dip dye is such an important character in the show
0: i mean i don't know what it signals but i feel like it's a very important
1: part of his development as archie so you know what it you know what it signals yeah. quality, television. Quality, quality television quality television <laughs>
0: Until next time, hashtag
1: Bulldogs forever.